Welcome to Reasonably Fit, the podcast where we'll teach you everything you need to know about health and fitness, but in a much more reasonable way than you might be used to. Think about us as your friendly fitness experts, but we're chill about it. Hello and welcome back after a brief hiatus yeah a little a little break an unintended break yeah <laughs> <laughs> we would have said something at the end of last episode if we knew we were not gonna have a chance to record a new one unplanned if you remember from the last episode we were on our or we we're about to go on our way to um a little camping expedition it wasn't really camping it was more cabining i guess <laughs> uh, over fourth of july weekend um and then that led into my birthday as well um the following weekend uh, july 8th and yeah, we just had a lot going on and things caught up. Uh, Kendra got sick. We had some sleepless nights because of Kinsley teething. Like a lot of stuff happened all in a row. So we were like, you know what? We're going to take a reasonable approach to podcasting instead of forcing <laughs> ourselves to go and podcast. We're going to make podcasting fit into our life, not the other way around. <laughs> and you know, it comes full circle. So we're back on track this week. Uh, we plan on actually filming recording two episodes this week just so that doesn't happen again. Yeah. And we plan ahead. But yeah. That's about it for about the little it. recap, I guess. Yeah, I feel like last time we were like, wish us luck. We'll see what happens about <laughs> the whole trip. And it was um, it was awesome. And then it was also terrible in terms of sleep overnight. We were all four of us were in the sleeping in the same room for the first time. Yep. Um, and was, sleep didn't happen for was, uh, Yeah, it was part. an interesting experience. Um, <laughs> but Kendrick had a great time with his that's buddies. Yeah. Um, well, that's and, the awesome part. Of it, yeah, part exactly. Yeah. We're, we're, we're definitely glad we went, but it took us a decent amount to recover. We're, yeah. The next few days, we were like zombies, um, and it was a five-hour drive. The drive actually wasn't all that bad. I thought it was going to be way worse, considering yeah. that we've had 30-minute drives that have been worse in that situation. Yeah, but um but yeah, we're glad we're back at it again. Yeah, very happy to be here. So thanks for for hanging in there with us while we while we skipped a week and took a little break. And we hope you uh, enjoy Lauren's handstand and broken leg pictures yeah. over uh, <laughs> social media. Yeah, that was the other thing. I didn't even post the last week's episode because people were, we were waiting with bated breath i know yeah. i know but i actually the, uh, got a dm that was like where's that handstand picture <laughs> <laughs> um so anyway it's all out there now we're starting fresh we're recording two episodes this week so that that little unintended break won't happen again yeah well we got a great question from one of our risers throughout that hiatus period um and lauren is going to introduce the overall topic for today's episode. Yeah. So the question came from a former CrossFitter, but this can really be applied to a lot of different people coming from different backgrounds of fitness. So if you find yourself resonating with this question, um, you'll probably resonate with the whole podcast episode, which is basically, I'll paraphrase, but basically they're asking, how do I get out of the mentality that I always have to crush myself or feel completely beaten down after every workout? Because on rise workouts, they're not necessarily feeling completely destroyed after the end, at the end of the workout. And they know, like they were saying, like, I know that that is, is partially a good thing. Like I'm not feeling as many aches and pains, but I still crave that feeling of crushing myself at the end of the workout. Yeah. And even within the comment section of that post, there were so many people that were like, I'm a reformed CrossFitter over here and I experienced the same thing. <laughs> and there's just a lot of similar sentiments. And I think it's because this messaging has been kind of prominent I mean, basically, 
at all times when fitness has become more of a mainstream endeavor, it's like this whole idea that more is better and that you should be crushed after a workout. You should be in a puddle of your own sweat after your workout. You shouldn't be able to walk up and down the stairs after your workout, like all these sorts of notions and having those be indicators that it's a good workout. And throughout our training careers, I mean, for the past 15 years as personal trainers and eight years as gym owners, this is something that we've been really trying to educate and also just kind of battle against all of the stigma around fitness and how it has to be done. Yeah, I think it's gotten progressively more and more prevalent that mm-hmm. that you should get crushed by workouts. I remember, I feel like the pinnacle was when, do you remember Rabdo the Clown? Oh, yeah, yep. I mean, I... I feel like this will sound like I'm bashing CrossFit and I'm not because we are we like CrossFit for a lot of different reasons. But there was one time when there I don't know which box created it or if it was the CrossFit headquarters in general, but they created a T-shirt that had a clown who was named Rabdo. And Rabdo is actually something that you can get if you push your body to a limit or beyond its limits and you actually start having kidney failure. Yeah, kidney failure. Yep. Um, <clears throat> and CrossFitters were getting it because they were going into these workouts and pushing themselves beyond what their body should actually be able to do to the point where they were getting hospitalized they're you know internally bleeding yeah and then they were yeah go ahead and instead of kind of having a h a message from hq basically being like you know this is very important but don't push yourself to the point of hospitalization they joked about the whole matter and put rabdo the clown as their mascot on a bunch of merchandise and made a whole joke out of the whole thing yeah so i remember that being like r- truly the pinnacle of celebrating pushing yourself to legitimately hospitalization yeah. and being like okay this really needs to be addressed and so we were constantly Um, communicating with people who had come from that background or had come from the group class setting or had come from um, high high intensity interval training settings where their only marker of success of a good workout was how dead they felt at the end of it, really like how beat down they felt at the end of it. And that was just becoming a conversation that we had to have with nearly everyone who walked into the gym. Yeah, I mean, especially during those CrossFit days, this was also at the height of like Barry's Boot Camp, of the workout program Insanity, P90X, like all these things. And it's because it's easily marketable, right? It's easier to showcase people just like being destroyed by their workouts and having it obviously quote unquote, lead to success. And it's easier to showcase that through video, like people like dying on battling rings and stationary bikes and spin bikes and battling ropes. (laughs) Battling rings would be intense. intense. (laughs) Maybe we should come up with that. Um, Anyway, uh, but yeah, at that point, it was just all about that. And it's continued on, right, with other forms of group exercise and other forms of online programs where this sort of intense beatdown style workout has become very prevalent. Yeah, and then I... You know, then people experience that and they feel like they survived it. So then they feel proud of themselves. So then Mm. they post about it. Right. And then it just kind of is a self-fulfilling prophecy where it's like you you put yourself through this really intense workout and just surviving it feels like a massive accomplishment. So then you have to say, like, I survived this workout and it was awesome and I feel great because you do get that kick in of endorphins at the end when it's over. Yeah. And you're like, (laughs) I did it. And then everybody else is like, oh, I should also be trying to crush myself and like literally the the verbiage that people use is like I crushed or I got crushed by that workout <laughs> I got destroyed by that workout like that was the most intense thing I I've ever done walk, blah, yeah I can't sit down on the toilet like people <laughs> say things like that as if it's a badge of honor or as if it's something to be uh 
you know, proud of or to be celebrated. And so there is just, if you're listening to this and you're like, I've definitely been in that mentality where I do feel like I need to be crushed by my workouts in order to feel like it was successful, just know that you're, first of all, definitely not alone in that feeling. And also it's not your fault for feeling that way because that is just what is out there as the goal, basically. Yeah, and not only are you not alone, but Laura and I have experienced this mm. the same way as well. And we've gone through the same mindset shift and it definitely didn't happen overnight. We've gone through all sorts of iterations during our exercise careers where you know, Lauren was doing intense spin classes five days a week. She was teaching those spin classes, very high intensity. I remember... Um, Lauren and myself, we went through a training program and it was from a book that was like written by, was it a mountain climber I or think some so. sort? Of I think we talked about this one. Yeah, we one, talked about it. And basically there are different level levels in the book of like all sorts of high intensity programs. And we, we, we picked one. It was like a Sherpa level. And yeah, we picked the highest level to highest start Highest level, with, of course. Obviously. Yeah. And it was like, it felt actually amazing afterwards. Like the, the endorphins were insane afterwards. But literally within, I think, 10 days, I had intense patellar tendonitis. <laughs> I, I literally couldn't move and I had to stop the program. But um, we have been there, basically. Yeah. And so we're, we're not being like, oh, we're so high and mighty. We've never been through this phase. Like, we've gone through it. We want to make sure that other people don't go through that. So we're going to use this episode to just break down why it's not necessarily the best approach, even though it seems like it is, even though you might be hearing all the time that you have to get crushed by your workouts. But we're going to give you a different perspective. We're going to give you the opportunity to maybe try something a little bit different that might not feel as crushing <laughs> to your body <laughs> and see if it actually maybe feels even better and gets you even better results because that actually is possible. Yeah. I mean, there are so many adages out there, right? Like less is more. Uh more isn't better, better is better, work smarter, not harder. There's all sorts of adages out there and they're out there for a reason because if you are more targeted and specific with your approach, the better results that you're gonna get rather than using a broad shotgun style type of approach. Now, one of the common themes that people face when they go through these sort of extreme workout programs and the reason why it's so hard to stop doing it is because when you're first jumping on it, it's like everything works and everything works for four to six months or so and everything is going great you feel great you're motivated and everything seems to start clicking into place you start to get more dialed in with your nutrition you start to get more dialed in with your other habits you start telling your friends about it and it's awesome and then about four to six months in that's when things start to plateau things don't start to, things start to not work quite as well and that's where people start to get a little bit more frustrated. They get these aches and pains. They start to try to do more of what they're currently doing. And it becomes this sort of like revolving cycle of really high intensity, get hurt, take some time off, go right back into really high intensity, get hurt, take time off. And this whole sort of cycle begins. And I think that's where the whole term of like reformed crossfitter or reformed spin uh, junkie, <laughs> like all those things start to come into play. Because when you're doing these sorts of really extreme hit style workouts, you're really only getting better at a very specific type of endurance, as well as your mental willpower. Um, but the other attributes aren't necessarily increasing. You're just increasing your tolerance to this sort of very specific style of workout. And once you start plateauing, you really need to be a lot more targeted and a lot more purposeful in order to continue to make gains. And this is where progressive overload comes in. And we've talked about progressive overload multiple times throughout this podcast, but basically throughout your training, you should strive to progressively overload variables and stressors like sets and reps and technique and 
and range of motion and weight throughout your training in order for your body to get out of homeostasis and continue to adapt and make gains. And so you want to very selectively, progressively overload certain variables in order to continue to make gains. Yeah, and when you're doing HIT style workouts or group class workouts or, you know, spin, Orange Theory, Barry's Bootcamp, those all, even CrossFit, all of these types of workouts, the only way or the main way to progressively overload those styles of workouts is to just go harder, go faster, or do more of it. And there's going to be a certain point where you don't have the time or the energy or the ability to go harder or go faster or do it for longer because your time is valuable and your energy is not going to, you're not going to be able to just increase that capacity forever. Yeah. And these starts, these, these styles of workouts you hear about this all the time where people are doing their spin workouts or their crossfit workouts and they're going from four workouts per week to five to six to seven. They start doing two, two a days, days. Yeah. and it just becomes this very unsustainable endeavor because all you're doing is just trying to increase the amount of intensity that you're doing with your workouts and that's going to make an impact on your consistency levels. And we mentioned earlier that we would have to have these conversations with a lot of people who were coming in to check out Achieve or to join Achieve, which was our old gym, um, because they would have that experience of working out seven days a week or always feeling like they needed to crush themselves with their workouts and they'd be apprehensive about when we would say like, well, you could start with three days a week or four days a week and we're going to put you on a strength training routine and that's going to be the basis of your plan and then you can add on like a Metcon class and they would be like, you know, they would just feel a little like it wasn't enough. Like what we were going to give them was not going to be enough. They weren't going to be crushed enough and they were going to miss that feeling or they were just afraid that they weren't going to get the results that they were hoping to get. Yeah, it was a big thing for us because the first month especially, we were really focused on making sure that we were ironing out any imbalances and asymmetries and focusing on core strength. So it was very basic. And so we would always educate our members. We would make sure that our team was all on the same board. Everyone was giving the same message over and over again because we were trying to shut out all the noise outside. <laughs> that's like, you have to crush yourself. We're actually like, let's actually take a step back and that's going to lead to much better gains in the future. And so this messaging was very prevalent within our own gym. Yes, we were talking about it all the time. And one of the prime examples for me, at least is so memorable, is one of my very best friends, Emily. And she and I have been very close friends since third grade. So for a very long time, she's been one of my closest friends. And she has always been into fitness. She was an athlete growing up and she was into fitness in high school, college, post-college. And she moved to Boston. So she was living close by and she was going to, you know, classes. She was doing group classes. I think she was doing a class pass type of, or she might've been doing class she was pass. Doing yeah, class pass yeah. Where you just sign up for, so class pass was this thing where you can buy a set of classes and go do them at all different locations, all different studios. And you can kind of just like pick and choose which ones you wanted to do. So there was really no consistency. It was just go to whatever class you felt like going to that day. And sometimes it might be a spin class. Sometimes it might be a Barry's Bootcamp class. Sometimes it would be at a smaller local gym. Like it would just kind of be all over the place. And she was doing that for a long time. And I remember like throwing it out here and there, like you could come check out Achieve. Like It's because she was like saying that she wasn't really experiencing any results and yeah. that she was getting some aches and pains, right? right. So you were like, uh, you know, I'm a, I've been a personal trainer for 10 years <laughs> and I have my own gym. Like you could come check us out anytime. But she was apprehensive <laughs> because she knew that our style of workouts was so different from what she was used to. And yeah. she craved that feeling of 
needing to really sweat, needing to really feel crushed by the workout. And like spin classes were kind of the pinnacle of that for her. Um, But she was always feeling like some lower back pain. She wasn't feeling like she was actually getting the results that she thought she should get from these classes. And I think that's a consistent thing too, is people are like, why am I... I am crushing myself. (laughs) Why am I not seeing the results that I was expecting to see by crushing myself? Um, So they can't imagine that going and doing something a little bit slower or a little bit more intentional or purposeful would actually get them better results because it's this more is better mentality is so pushed in fitness, right? Right. So I never pushed Emily to come to achieve. I never was like, you have to come do like, you know, I tried to stay as neutral as possible while giving little pizza pieces of advice when she would ask. <laughs> little pizzas. Little, little pizzas. <laughs> little pieces of advice if she asked. And I, I just always feel like um, people expect personal trainers to always just be talking about fitness and health. And like, I just rebel against that a little bit and want to always just be like, I'm only going to bring it up if you bring it up to me, right? Right. I'm never going to try to push any sort of agenda on especially my friends, family. Like, I'm going to let you come to me if you ever want anything, um, any advice or any information. And so um, eventually Emily was like, you know, I I think I'm going to give Achieve a try. And I was like, trying to contain my excitement, (laughs) like so happy because I knew that this would be a really great thing for her. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, you know, was trying to play it cool. So she finally decided to try out Achieve. She came in, we wrote her a program. And the main things that changed in terms of the approach that then she was taking because she was following our program was we slowed her down a lot. Like nothing was, things weren't going at 100% on all cylinders at all times. Yep. It was just a little bit more slowed down of an approach. We focused on incrementally increasing weights and strength training. We focused on taking a lot of rest in between sets, which was very unusual (laughs) for her. She was used to things being as quick as possible, like sort of circuit style rotating from station to station without any rest. Um, We focused on form because she did have aches and pains. Her knees bothered her often. Her lower back bothered her a lot. She's a medical professional. She's a nurse. So she would have to lift patients. And oftentimes that would cause lower back pain. So we really honed in on making sure that that she was lifting with good form and correctly. And that meant like lightening loads mm-hmm. that were sub-maximal. So that also felt like a, a step backwards for her. Right. And so obviously throughout that whole time, still in the back of her mind, she was starting to question the whole process. Like, is this really helping me get better? Is this really helping me get fitter? Um, and it wasn't really until she started seeing very tangible results that she started to get a little bit more on board. And that obviously makes sense. You do need to, you want to see results from your workouts, right? And so things she started to see, she got her first pull up, which was a huge deal. Huge. She, the yep. first one in her whole life. Um, and it only took her a few months because she's so strong and she's always been strong for as long as I can remember. She's been a strong person. and But she never was using a program to really like bring that strength into the limelight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Like it was, it was almost like she was dulling her strength because it was all about like going super hard at things really quickly. Yeah. And when we slowed her down and put her on a pull up, like a progressive pull up program, she got her first pull up within months. And then after that, I mean, I think she ended up getting like eight, maybe 10. Yeah. I think she got 10. It was a lot of pull ups. All I know is she beat her now husband in a pull up uh, competition. <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of awesome. Um, and so that was a big deal. She was getting stronger with things like squats and deadlifts. But at the same time, feeling a lot less lower back pain. She was noticing that at work, things were just feeling easier. She could lift patients more easily. She just felt more confident in her movement in general. She was getting comments from friends and family about how strong her arms were looking. And she was just feeling good in her body. And 
even with all of that, she was still <laughs> questioning if she was doing enough. I'm pretty sure she kept her class pass membership yeah, while sure she was too. working on how to achieve because she still needed that like spin class every once in a while and needed that high intensity interval class every once in a while because she still couldn't get out of even though she was seeing all these results. It was still really hard to get out of that mindset of every once in a while. I just have to get crushed. Yeah, I remember she was working out with one of her coaches and she was deadlifting. I think she was deadlifting over 200 pounds on the trap bar. And I went over to her. I was like, did you feel that in your back at all? And she was like, no, I feel great. And I was like, that's amazing. You're, you're deadlifting over 200 pounds. You're not experiencing any back pain anymore. And still I could tell she was like, yeah, I'm just like, I just don't like, it didn't feel that, that hard. Like I'm not that <laughs> tired. I'm not that challenged. And, you know, we had to hold, have a, another conversation about it. So this is why we're doing this podcast. We, we know how many of you, like, even though you know in the back of your minds, this is all like accurate info, like there's still going to be that little doubt in your head that's like, no, I, sh- I need to push harder. I need to do this. <laughs> so hopefully you can keep listening back to this podcast to kind of reevaluate things. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's a common theme with all things that you are in the process of embracing or in the process of learning. Like I I brought this up a few episodes ago where when I was first starting to get out of a lot of my own like body dysmorphia stuff, I would know that health and fitness didn't have a look, but like had that little voice in the back of my head that would still pop up. I know a lot of people related to that. And it's the same thing here. Like you might know that like, okay, technically I understand that progressive overload and getting stronger and being out of pain are all way more important things than just getting crushed. (laughs) Like I know that that makes a lot of sense, but you still have that little voice that's like, am I doing enough? (laughs) Should you be working a little harder? Um, And so it's reasonable to be there. That makes a lot of sense that you're there because that's just how we learn and how we grow is that we don't just like go from point A to point Z. Yeah. And actually like about four to five months in, I feel like Emily just made a complete turnaround. I think she canceled her class pass <laughs> membership and she was basically, I think she told you, she had a conversation like I wasn't necessarily sold the first couple months, but now I'm all in. Yeah. And I think this was really solidified for her when she got pregnant and she was able to continue with her workouts and feel strong during her pregnancy because she had already adapted the mindset that she could be fit and successful without getting crushed. Pregnancy is just one example of a time where you can't push as hard as possible every single workout. And when those times come up in your life, you don't want to have to feel like it's an all or nothing endeavor. Yeah, I think the most consistent people that are consistent on their fitness journeys are the ones that are able to constantly be able to navigate life's obstacles and ups and downs by turning up or turning down the volume knob on their intensity. It's like when you have time, when you have energy, turn it up, you can go up. But when you need to, you can back off and turn that volume knob back down. And I think that is what we're trying to preach here is that you really want to be able to modify things as needed based upon what's happening in your life and not just go all or nothing, not just go high intensity or even higher intensity with your (laughs) programs and be this all or nothing endeavor. And I think that story probably resonated with a lot of you, but we want to break it down even further to just basically explain why this approach worked so much more effectively for Emily than the sort of all or nothing approach. And so reason number one is that it's so much harder to improve your technique, improve your movement quality, improve your form when you're completely exhausted. We've talked about this in the podcast before, but strength training is a skill. Things in fitness, whatever pursuit you're looking for, every one of them takes skill. And in order to get better at them, you need to 
develop better technique. <laughs> and you can't do that when you're completely exhausted. And think about how hard it is to get better at your back squat form, let's say. But then throw in a 500-meter run. Throw in a 500-meter air dine. Throw in wall balls and battling ropes. And then going back to your set of back squats being like, oh, I'm definitely going to have better technique for this round. It's just not going to happen. And so when you are completely exhausted, your movement quality is going to go down over time. Your technique is going to go down over time. And all you're doing is just getting yourself tired without necessarily getting better at the movement at hand. Yeah, definitely. It feels like you're... A lot of times in that setting, it feels like you're just trying to survive yeah. the exercise, right? Like you just want to get through it. You just want to survive it. So you don't care anymore about, uh, you know, are your knees caving in or is your back rounding? Like you can't even think about that because you're just trying to survive. Mm -hmm. And that's not going to be a great strategy moving forward for trying to get better at anything. Um, and you're just not going to be able to think your way through the movement if you're trying to just survive it. Yeah, you're not being mindful, you're not being intentional, you're not being purposeful, you're just trying to survive this onslaught, this beatdown of whatever workout is planned. Yeah, and the more that the exercises that you're trying to survive are more technical, like when you get into things like back squats or even further like Olympic lifts, yeah. they get more and more, it requires more and more focus and more and more intention. But again, when you're going just for speed or for time or for as many reps as possible, you just can't focus on that form and that technique. And it's frustrating because you go back and think about it and be like, you know, my squat or my power clean or whatever exercise that you've been doing hasn't been improving. But in the back of your head, you're like, but I've been doing it. Why am I not improving? And then you push yourself to higher and higher weights because you feel like you should or think you should. But the program hasn't reflected those changes. And so it just becomes a self-fulfilling cycle of like, I'm not getting better, so I need to push myself even harder. So you yeah. go down that high-intensity rabbit hole even more. Right. So it just becomes more and more of this vicious cycle, basically. Yeah. And now the second point is one of the primary goals of strength training is to build strength and muscle, right? <laughs> Captain <laughs> <And> Obvious. <laughs> when you're training in this high-intensity manner, all you're really improving at a certain point is this one sort of specific sliver of endurance this sort of anaerobic endurance that's all you're really improving you're not really having a targeted approach to improving your strength or improving your muscle mass and things like that so you end up getting a little bit better at crossfit style workouts you get end up getting a little bit better at hit style workouts but you're not necessarily moving the needle forward with your strength training endeavors and pursuits yeah number three is that it's harder to be consistent when you're too sore or worn down after every workout and you eventually need multiple days off to recover or you force yourself to work out even though your body needs recovery <laughs> and then you get banged up even more or you get hurt or you obviously will plateau. Yeah, I mean, rhabdo was an extreme example, but there's a lot of times and I'm sure you've experienced it where you do a workout and then you, as soon as you, your eyes open in the morning, you're like, can I even roll out of yeah. bed right now? <laughs> everything hurts. Everything is sore. And, you know, soreness itself isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's not necessarily a good thing. It's just kind of a byproduct of breaking down your muscles. But there's definitely a point where it actually impacts your ability to get to your next workout or to function in your everyday life. And if that's the case, you're probably going too hard. <laughs> yeah. And then again, throughout the workout, you're probably just trying to survive it. Yeah. You're going to be less mindful. That means you're going to... Um, have, it's going to impact your your movement quality. It's going to impact your technique. And again, this the circle just goes round and round. Yeah. And last but not least, number four, 
crushing yourself isn't sustainable, especially throughout different seasons in life, like Lauren talked about before, like whether it's going through pregnancy or high stress times, like losing a job or starting up a new job, or if you get sick, things like that. Purposeful training allows you to dial it up or down slightly when appropriate, but keeps you at a more reasonable baseline. And those are just some of the reasons why Emily's approach prior wasn't really working because it was a little bit aimless. It was a little bit scattered. She was working extremely hard and putting a lot of effort, but because it wasn't specific and targeted to her goals, it was just working hard for the sake of working hard and maintaining this sort of baseline of high intensity, I guess. But again, she was getting hurt. She was getting plateaued mentally, physically. It was exhausting. And eventually it just wasn't for her. Now, with all of that said, we're not saying that you shouldn't challenge yourself, right? We do think that you should challenge yourself. (laughs) Working out, part of working out is challenging yourself and pushing yourself a little bit. It's just finding the right balance of challenge while also being more targeted and more intentional in the way that you're challenging your body. Yeah, this podcast is not promoting like low intensity. (laughs) (laughs) Just making sure that the highest intensity isn't the only way to improve your fitness level. Exactly. And we're even going to talk about how we integrate high intensity into our rise workouts because we do think that it has value. There is something about that feeling, right? That is, you know, you just from an emotional and psychological standpoint, it feels great. And if you get those endorphins, like there's nothing wrong with, and and you get endurance benefits. There's nothing wrong with those kinds of components of a workout, but it is just a component of a workout instead of where, or whereas a lot of these modalities have made it the entire workout. Yeah. So now we're going to talk about how we organize our rise workouts so we wanted to give you more of like a tangible example for those of you who have been doing these sort of hit style workouts crossfit crossfit style workouts how to go from that sort of scattered high intensity approach to having a more targeted specific approach and now the way we do it with our rise program is we break up our workout into different segments and each segment has a very clear structure and a clear purpose behind each portion of that workout yeah, so let's just break down each sort of segment of of our workout. So the, in the beginning, we do a warm-up, and this is where we have the opportunity to train mobility. So we kind of slow it down. We're more relaxed. We're more mindful. The warm-up is not sort of just like a throwaway walk on the treadmill for five minutes or do some jumping jacks, which is a lot of times like a warm-up in a group class might just be like high knees, jumping jacks, and butt kicks and you're like okay now we're warm (laughs) (laughs) yeah we're purposely trying to drive hip mobility and t-spine mobility and gain core stability and all that like but somehow these group exercise classes have made warm-ups a high intensity endeavor it's like okay let's start (laughs) off with 20 burpees 15 jumping jacks let's go (laughs) (laughs) exactly so we're actually slowing it down focusing on mobility which is going to both give us those mobility gains for just life in general but also warm our bodies up for the exercises (laughs) at hand Then after that, we go into our power segment, and this is where we're trying to move as fast as possible. So we go from warming up to ramping up. Yep. We go from maybe a plyometric exercise or or an Olympic lifting exercise. Basically, we have options within this segment where we're trying to move as powerfully, as fast, as... Explosively. As explosively. Yes, as explosively as possible with plenty of rest in between so that with each set, you're able to maximize your power output. So again, it's not doing 20 jumps in one minute. It's taking 
maybe five jumps at a time with plenty of rest in between to make sure that we're maximizing our power. Yeah, this is another place where somebody who came from a CrossFit background might be like, wait, I'm doing two sets of five with a minute rest in between? Like, I, how am I going to get better at this, right? But then you realize that, oh, I can actually think about how I catch the bar in the clean. Like, are my elbows in the right position? Am I landing with my feet in a good position? Like, you actually get the opportunity to feel the movement and to actually get better at that movement when you're allowing yourself to rest, when you're not going for 10, 20, 30 repetitions in one set. Exactly. Yeah. Doing 50 box jumps. Like we're actually saying, no, let's do two sets of five and really focus on your form, really focus on maximum power with each and every rep. Yeah. That's the other thing. It's that, again, I feel like sometimes it sounds like we're saying like, we're just making it all easier, but we we want you to be able to utilize your power to the fullest extent. And so that means breaking out the reps one at a time, individual reps and going as powerfully as you can, as explosively as you can, that's actually true power. And that's actually accessing your true power as opposed to if you're trying to do 50 box jumps, you have to conserve energy to yeah, do that. Yeah, you have to pace, you have to manage your power levels basically. So you're you're putting a damper, you're dampening your power levels in order to achieve this workout. Right, exactly. All right, then after power, we have strength. So during our strength segment, we're again being mindful this time about form. We're really making sure that our form is on point and we're taking plenty of breaks here as well. So we're making sure that the focus is on lifting the weight safely and effectively. Yeah, making sure that you have plenty of time to recover between sets. We also tend to pair our main lifts, which typically our bench, squat, deadlift, those types of compound power lifts. We try to pair it with a lift that is less intense purposefully in order for you to have a lot of energy for those main lifts. And so during the strength portion, we're really focusing on improving our strength levels, not pairing it with something that's also equally as challenging because that's just going to tire you out and not improve your strength levels like we're looking for. Right. So again, kind of a similar approach with the power development section with strength. We want to, it seems like obvious, but we want to improve your strength. And if we are tiring you out in other ways, then you can't improve your strength and you won't be able to use your fullest, like work at your fullest potential, your yeah. fullest strength potential. So if we're like back squat for five reps, like we want you to get stronger, but then you're going to go do a, you know, 30 calories on the airdyne or like yeah. whatever, then you come back to squat. And how could you possibly squat at your highest capacity that the most that you could possibly do? Yeah, you'll definitely go down in weight. And yeah, it's just not a good recipe for success. Yeah. All right. Then after strength, we get into hypertrophy. So in this section, we are pushing ourselves. We're pushing ourselves closer to failure, if not to failure with exercises that are a little less compound uh, movements and a little bit more isolation. Yeah. And these are very safe exercises to really push hard for, like bicep curls, lateral raises, um, reverse flies, calf raises, things where we're purposely trying to improve the muscle mass in a specific area, but in a way where you get a really good pump and you're really driving a lot of good results to that area. I will say I might take back what I said completely about the compound versus isolation though, because we do sometimes do like a high rep body weight split squat yeah, or something true. like that. You know, like we will use exercises that are still more full body, but we are doing it in a safe way that is not reliant on how much weight you can lift, but kind of like going for a little bit more of a burn in that movement pattern. Yeah. Right? So we'll do push ups. Under t tension. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah do push ups, do squats. Split squats, 
glute bridges, things that might be more multi-joint but are still in a more um, safe environment than having a barbell on your back, for yeah, instance, just less where you, complex. Don't, you don't necessarily want to go to failure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then after that, we have a finisher. And this is where you actually get that little taste of crushing yourself. You, <laughs> you get that feeling that you've been craving throughout the whole workout. And you have the capacity to do it because you have gone through all of these other steps without crushing yourself. So now you can actually really get after it at the end. Yeah, this is kind of like the icing on the cake, the cherry on top. And this is where you get that a bit, that little bit of endorphin rush. And again, this just goes to show you and say that it's not that high intensity is a bad thing or that improving this specific endurance quality is a bad thing. It's just when it's the entire foundation and everything about your whole workout where it becomes very unsustainable and very hard on your body, both mentally and physically. And so we like to pick our spots with where we're going to introduce this sort of stuff. And when we're doing this high intensity work, we're very selective with what exercises we're doing here. We're not just going to throw in Olympic lifts followed by box jumps and things where your form can really deteriorate and lead to injuries and stuff like that, where we like to incorporate kettlebells, body weight, um, ropes, yeah, ropes, things where you can really push hard, but not necessarily be in a position where you might hurt yourself or impact your form in that. Because like if you're if you're incorporating like Olympic lifts into your metcons and stuff, like that is going to translate over into how you Olympic lift during your actual strength and power segments of your workout. Yeah, I think the main thing that we're trying to get at here is that we are trying not to have any one quality here negatively impact another. Mm. And so we're trying to to structure this in a way where each quality, you're able to put everything that you can into that quality. Yeah. As opposed to if endurance is sprinkled into this entire workout, then your power has to be dulled. Your strength has to be decreased. Your, you can't go all out on hypertrophy. Like there, all these things are now not working on all cylinders because it's being dampened basically by trying to survive the workout. Yeah. And I think our overall methodology is, it seems so simple, but when you're training for mobility, train for mobility. When you're training for strength, train for strength. Power, power. Hypertrophy, hypertrophy. Conditioning, conditioning. Don't just have this sort of amalgamation. Like like when kids, they go to the soda soda machine and they just like, <laughs> just go Pepsi, go Sunkiss, go iced tea, and they have everything all into one sort of bottle of soda. You want to make sure that you're a little bit more targeted than that. <laughs> Super random, <laughs> but that's literally what I was thinking about. I mean, about. it's a really great like visual because you know everybody has done it, yeah. and it's never good. It never yeah. tastes good. <laughs> so at the end of the day, we work really hard at each quality, and each quality is very much challenging us, um, but it's just not crushing us, I yeah. guess. And hopefully that didn't seem like it was a one long advertisement for our Rise program. It was just one. It was just the easiest way we can tangibly describe how this might play out and we just did it with our own workout style but you can apply this to your own style of workouts just think about what qualities you're looking to improve and when you're training those qualities really focus on those qualities and not have other qualities try to bleed into that segment and i i think about like runners for example they've got hard runs they've got long runs they've got tempo runs they've got slow paced runs 
all to improve specific qualities. They don't just go out and run really hard as fast as possible for as long as possible all the time. And all sorts of different sports modalities has the same approach where they really have these sort of um, variations on what they're currently doing to improve specific qualities. They don't just go high intensity all the time. Yeah, and you may, we wanted to use Rise as an example because you may not even know what qualities you're trying to improve. Like Mm. you might just be somebody who's always taking group classes and you're like, I don't know. I just go and show up and they tell me what to do and I've never even thought about it. So hopefully just breaking that down into what qualities you could try to improve and why can just give you a little bit more of a sense of how you could go about approaching setting up your own workouts if you are going to go to the gym and try to do this on your own. So just giving you that little breakdown was the the idea was just like, here are things that you can focus on that are intentional, that are purposeful, that actually do create positive change for you. Because the reason that we have all of those things as a part of our program is because each one of them individually is really important. Having a mobility section is going to help you to be able to get up and down off the floor or help you be able to get into different positions in your workout so that those are being performed more safely. Having a power development section is going to help you to be able to produce power. We actually talked about this in a previous episode. I think it was the programming one where power is actually one of the qualities that we lose as we age and that it's one of the things that keeps us from being able to do things like stand up out of a chair. And by training power, we will help ourselves to not lose that quality yeah be more athletic be more explosive like everyone likes to feel that way right just be very capable and powerful yeah training for strength is pretty obvious like we want to be stronger we want to be able to maintain muscle mass for bone health for overall health for just being able to do things that make you feel really empowered hypertrophy is totally more of a you know a physique endeavor (laughs) to just want to get that good juicy bicep pump and you know Make your muscles pop. That's cool. And then the end, we want some conditioning. We do want, we're not trying to bash like the idea that working hard is is somehow bad. It's mm-hmm. not. We want that conditioning component, but we want you to be able to put everything you have into it instead right. of doing some conditioning and then having to go back squat. <laughs> and then you're like, well, I need to, in that case, you would have to taper back on your conditioning output as well, mm, right? Like true. all of these things, when they're combined together, they're going to pull from each other. And so you're never going to be able to give it your all in each one. So by breaking them out, separating them out, you're really able to just have a, a greater impact on each quality. Yeah. And also this is our approach that we found has worked really well, this sort of balanced approach. Um, but I do know that a lot of people want maybe they just want to focus on their strength in which case a powerlifting program might be good you might want to just focus on hypertrophy and aesthetics in which case a bodybuilding program might be good Um, and basically there will be trade-offs like if you focus too much on strength things like your mobility and your conditioning might start to go down if you focus too much on your conditioning then maybe your strength and hypertrophy levels might start to go down so it's always a sort of balance that you are going to play but again this is all based upon your goals we just think that across the board these qualities are very important to improve upon which is why we set up our rise program that way so if you are currently in that sort of high intensity mindset or if you're sort of coming out of it hopefully this podcast was helpful for you and hopefully gave you a fresh look and also maybe some reassurance that sometimes less is more sometimes working harder is better working smarter is sometimes better than working harder and you know all those classic adages yeah like we said before this is just another another drop in the bucket so it might not be like 
a full on, okay, mindset shifted. I'm never going to think about having to be crushed by a workout again. But again, just giving you that little, little reminder that that's not the only way to make progress. It's not the only way to see results. And in fact, you can actually get better results by sometimes shifting your your plan to be a little bit more balanced. It's funny in that in that comment section of this original question, there were so many people that were convincing the other person that, you know, they were first of all they were validating them and saying that they were in the same position, but they're also saying how like great of results that they were getting. But even still all that in the back of their minds are like, sometimes I like to sneak in an extra finisher. Or sometimes <laughs> I like to do a little bit extra at the end of the workout. Um, so it's just funny. It, it, it's something that just isn't like a light switch and will just immediately go away. The, that feeling will probably continue to be there. So you just have to kind of continuously remind yourself to trust the process, be patient, try not to rush things. And you're in this for the long haul. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, patience is like that we could do a whole episode. It's a episode. virtue, actually. I don't know if you <laughs> Did knew you that. Know? <laughs> <laughs> we could do a whole episode on it in general for f- approaching fitness because it's not something that anyone has when yeah. they're t- when they're going into like as soon as you want to start out on a fitness endeavor, it's like you want the results now. It's yeah. always a very rushed, a very panicked like I have to do this, and that's why these workouts why are appealing, right? Yeah. Because it's like this is gonna burn a ton of calories and make you want to die. Do this ten day challenge. And you're yeah. like okay. Great. That's all I want is to be have this done very quickly. Yeah. And the reality is that patience is a virtue. <laughs> <laughs> that's the reality, folks. All right. I think that's about all we have for you today. If you could leave us a rating and review on iTunes or your favorite streaming platform, that would be awesome. Yes. And head over to Reasonably Fit Pod on Instagram. Let us know if you have any comments or questions on today's episode. We love to interact with you over there as well. And until next time, sweat out. Happiness in. Woo!